Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are back again, and I am so excited to be here with Bill and Pastor Bill. And we've just been talking about being able to forgive and the forgiving path. And you guys are going to hear a little bit more about it uh, before we end the podcast today. But Bill, we want to talk a little bit now. Um, what would you say to the person who feels like you know that they've been a disappointment to God, they've been a disappointment to Jesus, and they're really having a hard time and a challenging time of forgiving? themselves and I myself you know and I've gone through this and I have many people that have experienced that and have walked with them through that but just give us a little bit of insight on how you know one can go through that process yeah I've learned through uh, many hours of counseling that I'm shame prone Uh, I can tell you why Uh, and it's in the past it's in my head I'm a big attachment theory fan um, attachment fear theory. Uh, let me oversimplify it. There's two things we're all looking for. It's, it's, it's part of the image of God in us. We're looking for connectedness. I, I need to be connected to people who see me and appreciate me and honor me as I am, like me as I am. It has to do with loneliness and isolation. And that, that's epidemic right now in, in, uh, in all circles, including Christian circles. We are millennials and Gen, y, Gen Zs particularly, they're lonely and all over the world. It's not just an American problem. But the other thing we're looking for is not just connectedness, but enoughness. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to be good enough, uh, uh, faithful enough, uh, righteous enough, pure enough, smart enough, successful enough, particularly perfectionist. And perfectionism is on the rise too, since the, since the mid 70s. Yeah. So we all feel more and more and our children and our grandchildren feel more and more like failures. And, and when they go to church now, unlike my generation, I'm 65, we're just used to the pastor telling us what we did wrong. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we lick our wounds and we come back and we tithe like we, you know, because that's, yes, that's what you do. Yes. But the millennials are leaving and, mm-hmm. and Gen Z, I mean, two thirds have already left, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just walked out of their churches. Active Christians have, have left their churches. And number one reason is because when they go, they actually feel shamed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it is implied. So when the pastor gives, th- you know, the the uh, application section of the sermon, we're all taught to do application, but millennials <laughs> are going, yeah. So yeah, that's the right application of what Jesus said. But I've tried that, and it didn't work. Something's wrong with me. And they leave their churches. Then they're they're just not into being told they're they're not up to par. They're falling short of, of the expectation of Jesus. Three quarters of Christians, when polled, said that when they see Jesus face to face, they expect that he's going to be disappointed in them. Wow. Yeah. The cross says that's not true, and, mm-hmm. and most Christians would would get the theology behind it, but they're just being honest. That's how they feel because they've been a disappointment. And forgiving is one of the big deals. Seven times seventy. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, 
<laughs> I can't do one. You're you know, right. I saw if somebody steals five bucks from me, I can, I can. But uh, my brain pushes against it, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So shame. So what do we do? Is there a way? Uh, let me just focus. Let me talk to your Christians uh, audience. Is there a way that's has something to do with our our rebirth, our our salvation, our, our adoption? Is there something in in that where I can actually begin to feel more connected and more enoughness? Um, and absolutely, I mean that's there is one relationship that we've all we Christians have experienced this vertical one where mm -hmm. because of what Jesus did on the cross 2000 years ago, I'm enough and God mm -hmm. loves me. He can't love me anymore. He can't love me any less. I can't screw it up. Thank God. I'm counting on that. And when I buy faith through the Holy Spirit, look into his eyes and the reflection, my reflection in his eyes, I see that he adores me all because of what Jesus did. But I get the benefit from that if I can experience it by faith. And if I can learn how to do that, that's a lot of religious churchy words, right? <laughs> but, but I can feel enoughness from that. So uh, fourth century BC, uh, fourth century Greek theologians, so 300 years after Jesus, they were trying to figure out how to describe God, the Trinity, right? It was a big deal back then. You remember from your studies. And they came up with this metaphor they imagine the Trinity in this celestial, eternal, joyous uh, circle dance around, a perichoresis in, in, the, in the Greek. Uh, and, and they're just eternally in joy. It's just a, a, a great place to be. Now, salvation then would be the circle opens up and they reach down and grab you or me by the, by the collar and drag us kicking and screaming into this circle, into this dance. And we're in the dance. And we've heard that music before. But the problem is because of the world, because of our shame, because of the, that critical inner spirit that we all have, mm -hmm. stop hearing the music. Mm -hmm. and, and I stop the dance and I become a miserable Christian and, and I feel like I'm a disappointment to God and nothing could be further from the truth. So what do we do? Well, the same theologians and later theologians got it all figured out through good Bible study. They came to see that the passion of the Holy Spirit in our inner being, right, Ephesians 3? Mm -hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit's passion, his wheelhouse, one theologian called it his secret workings. This is what he's here for primarily, is to make Christians feel the love of Jesus, the height and width and length and depth of the love of Jesus right now. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And yes. if that's true, <laughs> then I can take advantage of that by asking, which is what Paul did in Ephesians 3, 14 and 21. He models how to ask for that. He prays to God so that uh, we could access power from God through the Holy Spirit and in our inner being so that we could begin to, and three things happen, three so that's, but the middle, the last, the middle one is so that we can begin to grasp the height and width and length and depth of the love of Christ for, for us and for others, enoughness. And I can begin, <clears throat> Christians can begin to experience that on a daily basis, and we have to, because this critical inner voice is this, this, this habit, think habit, think think uh, a destructive habit that keeps remind me over and over 24 7 that i'm not good enough i'm not faithful enough i'm not righteous enough i don't give enough i don't whatever it is i don't love enough and and we have to have this separate habit grow where the holy spirit is saying yeah it's true you're not enough but jesus was and so god loves you and you can actually experience it here's the power and we can begin to experience it so we start having that that self-talk but we have to give christians real simple 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 language uh to, to be able to say that so anyway we created this other online thing two hours called the dance 
and it's focused on that it's focused on helping people uh preach the gospel to their critical inner voice which is which is which is a lot of fun we we imagine them as as missionaries to that that nasty place in their midbrain so they need to say this gospel to themselves over and over and over luther said that they said that the heart of the reformation was christians just have to keep preaching the gospel to themselves we preach to the world Mm-hmm. If we stop preaching to ourselves, we're going to be miserable. And I think he was prophetic. Yes. But, you know, Pastor Bill, that is so amazing with the um, Forgiven Path, with that section where you actually are able to take them through that dance because it's repetition that that repetition. also sticks as well. You know, um, and like you said, you know, faith comes by hearing about hearing the word of God. So if you're constantly right. having that and we're visual in the world today, you know, we have so much entertainment. We have so much technology yep. um, that this forgiving path gives you the technology uh, to keep you um, excited, to keep your mind uh, focused, and also to just to, um, get your brain in the right place, I should say, right. when it comes to forgiveness. Because when you were talking about that, I was thinking, I was like, that's amazing because the more you play it over, the more you play it over. I remember working with some um, young people uh, when I worked with um, social services and I did team practice prevention. Yeah, well, yeah. we had to do skits and they had to practice, you know, yeah. what they were going to say if they were ever in a, a compromising situation and yep. we did it over and over and over again with them and I remember a couple of times some of the students coming back and said Miss Tiffany I did that and it yeah, worked you it. know and so it's the same thing here is that you keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it you will know, you will hear the Holy Spirit remind yeah. you you know yeah. of what has been said and what you've been practicing yeah let me build on that because that's <laughs> let me put just another layer on that that's that's so well said yeah um so both of these and from neuroscience but shame trauma forgiveness uh loneliness all of them are in the midbrain they're not in the prefrontal cortex and here's the thing post post uh, uh this reasoning age our churches are basically really good at teaching the prefrontal cortex we're reasonable right mm-hmm. we argue for the faith and that's good we, we need to we need to make it reasonable but the prefrontal cortex doesn't talk really well to my midbrain my midbrain is really powerful it's got all the chemicals um it, it's it's just really powerful so i need to and so the way we can reach the, the the frontal cortex i can reach the frontal cortex through sermons once a week maybe twice a week mm-hmm. midweek service and that could be okay and maybe i'll read or think about stuff while i'm driving along or but i can't reach the midbrain that way the midbrain we know from learning uh, theory is it takes drip 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 constant drip 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 can't do it once a week can't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do it because mm-hmm. my that critical inner voice is 24 7 and that forgiveness, you know, the unforgiveness and trauma, 24-7, it's it's warning me, don't do that, don't go there, don't, don't, don't think that, don't think that, don't think that. And and so I need to actually develop a habit, like you said, okay. where I'm actually effectively preaching the gospel to my midbrain. And it has to be short and sweet and repeated. And so mm-hmm. we, we jokingly say, we have this thing called, here, simple uncluttered gospel. Let me say this real quick. And we, we jokingly say, do it twice a day for four weeks and call me back. It's kind of absurd, but we're teaching regular Christians how to do this, like I said, without a Bible degree. So here it is. Jesus follower, strictly because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, God actually loves you. 
He loves you with all of his heart, as much as the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. He can't love you any more or any less than he does right now. He loves you as you are, not as you should be or could be. You can't add to this love or take away from it. Now, I get it. It often feels like you've messed it up or need to do something so that God would like you better. Not so. <laughs> yeah. How do you experience it more now? Simple, good news. And we always got to give people something they do. Here is something you can do and are invited to do. You can take daily baby steps to ask the spirit inside of you to make you know, not just help you, make you know, experience and feel just how much God loves you right now. Just ask. Ask again later today, tomorrow. Make it a spiritual habit. And we just we just encourage, I mean, in the forgiving path, you hear this. In the dance, you hear this. In the, in the good enough parenting, you hear the same thing. We're actually giving people uh, the invitation, permission, to preach the gospel to their own brains, their own midbrains. It is remarkable how effective this is, and rather quickly, actually. The gospel is the power to believe, right? Right, right. And you know, I was just thinking about that. Um, I could think about uh, even on your on our phones and on our apps and you know on everything um, like when your memory um, you can't think of some of that when you when you start you get older they say if you want to sharpen your memory you sure. have to you know do this and do that and that'll help right. to get your brain going it's the same thing it's the same right. process because you have to continue to feed it even as you grow older. Yeah, what if you started every small group with somebody reading this and you pass it around? So at least everybody hears it once a week or every other week. But what if you started this every counseling session with just a proclamation to have the people say the gospel aloud, you know, to get to the midbrain? I'm I'm thinking that everything would move a little smoother. What if what if you had this as your confession of faith if you do that in your church or mm-hmm. or before communion or when you send people out, let's all say this, and you project it on the screen, or you get one of our great musicians to actually write a song, mm-hmm. you know, that people <laughs> yeah. can sing and just preach this gospel to their midbrain. We Christians, we are so beat up, we're traumatized more than we know, mm-hmm. and we honestly have this love-hate relationship with God. Uh, we, <laughs> right. We're afraid that he's disappointed in us. Yeah. And by the way, okay, based upon my last couple of days, he probably should be mm-hmm. but but jesus <laughs> took care of that too mm-hmm. and i just need to be reminded of that because my father didn't because my mother didn't because my grandfather their parents didn't and and, and so forth uh, everybody else judges me by my works god judges me by his works it's a it's so different i've got to keep telling myself that mm-hmm. and this forgiveness is, so is a fruit of that yes yes right? yes by the way, this is fun. In the Old Testament, there is one word for forgive, a pure word. There's, there's other idioms and, and uh, combinations like lifting the burden and paying the debt, right? But there's only one pure Hebrew word in the Old Testament for forgive. It's salak. And guess what? Only God does it. Mm-hmm. Humans don't do it because we're broken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have way too many brain burritos, and, <laughs> and but God, by nature, innately, forgive first pays the debt, pays the justice, and then forgives. It's crazy. Uh, our God. I mean, there's no other religion that would dare claim that their deities, whatever, whoever, it, it, or whatever it is, would would even consider doing something as ridiculous as that. But our God does. Yes. Yes. 
And, you know, I'm going to sidestep for a little second, but, you know, even when you were uh, talking, you know, I was thinking about how um, you were saying that we have constantly, we minister a lot to the prefrontal cortex, but not the midbrain. And able to do that, you have to do it, you know, weekly, um, daily, daily, you know, really. Um, And I believe, you know, um, Pastor Bill, you can help me if I'm wrong, but another reason why a lot of people are walking away from the church is because they've depended on Sunday morning and not taking it home and Uh, build that word on their mid mid brain. And it's not working for them. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's really good insight. That's really good insight. <laughs> and we know better. We can fix this. Right. Right. Simple right. is actually really simple. Uh, and they still we they still need teachers. They still need preachers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. God. God said so. Uh, right. And it's but, like Joshua. He said, you know, he told the Lord told Joshua meditate on the word day and night, so that you may success. You may have success. So he had. You know, to I thought you were. I thought you were oh, going good. somewhere else. I was, oh. <laughs> I, uh, there's walls that you need to go around seven times. Oh, yes, yes. You know, preaching, <laughs> giving a sermon on that wall, it's not going to move that wall one bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're loaded with those walls. I mean, we're we're deluged with those walls. And we've just been throwing paper matches at them. I mean, That's it's not true. working. And, and we're more and more uh, violent as a culture. We're more and more separated uh, as a culture. Mm-hmm. More, I mean, uh, suicide ideation is up. Drug use is up. Uh, s- sexual slavery is 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 up. Uh, yes. I mean, yes. I, I'll be I'll be ministering in South Africa in December at the, in the townships. Townships. There's some townships that have seventy to eighty percent HIV rates. Wow, I went to South Africa a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, the reason there are such a high HIV rates among women is that uh, the shamans who who also live in the particular townships believe that the cure for HIV for men is to rape a virgin. Hmm. You know, I've heard that before, Pastor Bill. I think I've heard that. It's frightening, yeah. and churches don't know what to do because now you have all of these women who have been officially molested and abused and raped 70 to 80% and and that many of them have disease now from it and they're wondering where the love of god is right mm-hmm. what do they tell people and so right. that's i'm going back with this message going here's what you tell them uh, they desperately need to experience not just hear about they need to actually experience the love of god today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day because they they've been traumatized that's, yes. that's trauma Yes, major trauma that yeah. We, yeah. some of us will never understand. Yeah, until heaven. Yeah. And, and exactly. So whatever happens when we die and are glorified, that's good. That's fantastic. Uh, and we're, we just want to get little foretaste of that uh, for people, for all of us, by the way. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, if we did, I think we Christians would be dancing more. Uh, we'd be singing <laughs> more. We'd be doing whatever. We'd be giving more. We'd be having better marriages. We'd be better parents. Not perfect. It's just not possible this side mm-hmm. of heaven. Right. But we'd be remarkable. We'd be enviable. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. even close, Tiffany. I know. I know. And just look, looking at the things that's going on in the world today, Oof. it's like, Lord, we need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he says, so, but I've given you my spirit. Get up there. Yes. Yes. And we yes. just don't know that's how. True. We've that's lost true. the We've lost the ability to, maybe we've, we've lost the expectation that God's actually going to heal people that's mm-hmm. sad 
Yeah, and we have to get back to believing in our faith and believing in God and what his word says. And like you said, and getting out there and walking it out. Yes, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Person by person, <laughs> step by step, inch by inch. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's my passion is to tell people what they, you know, I, I've had people go through a forgiving path and go, you know, I already know, I knew all of that stuff. And, and so why did it change my life? Because, <laughs> you know, what was wrong with me? And, oh, no, no, no. You are so human. Please mm. go and tell those other humans out there because yeah. they're, they're just like you and we are what we are and it's fixable a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Pastor Bill, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, but yeah. what what do you do when the shoe's on the other foot and you're the one seeking forgiveness from a person uh, that you may have offended? Yeah. So, uh, boy, my head goes a couple of directions, but I'll, I'll just go to 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Uh, where, where Paul talks about a godly sorrow, there's worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the difference between the two is so simple. I and mean, I think we just, we've, we've, we've missed this. The difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow, one comes from the world and what comes, comes, comes from me. One actually comes from God. It's actually a spiritual fruit, a spiritual fruit of being sorry for, for, my, for my blunders, for my sins, for my crimes against people. I can I can stir up sorry. Now, sometimes I can be really sorry, but most of the time I'm sorry that I was caught or I'm sorry that they were hurt and, and I and want to move on. There's a godly sorrow, a true repentance that comes from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say it, when I feel it, and when I express it to the person that, that I hurt, there's power in that. They feel honored. They feel uh, like they're uh, like they have a voice. They feel it's it's a new experience of that being in, in that trial room with God. They actually feel like something has changed, and it it makes them feel yeah, worth and worth in my eyes. Now, if that's the case, if it is an actual godly spiritual fruit, then I need to get that from God. But. That's not typically the way we approach that. We, we approach it typically, we meaning evangelicals and, and uh, other churches, we guilt people into it. Well, that's worldly sorrow and worldly sorrow leads to death and, and, and directly the death of a relationship and a death of the person that I hurt. So what I have learned and particularly in parenting is, is I've learned to access God's godly sorrow for things I've said to my kids and things I've done to my kids and things that I haven't done for my kids. And we've had some sweet times. And those are, and that we, we really build on that in Good Enough Parent. There's a whole whole uh, section on on, on, on uh, repenting. But but if, oh, here and here's the other, uh, when Solomon uh, blesses the temple, the ordination of the temple that, that was built, mm-hmm. he says something, I don't have the verse in front of Basically, he says, okay, God, when, when the victim and the perpetrator come to the temple, they come to the temple, they come to the church. It's almost as if it was supposed to be a trial before God. Mm. And, and they said, when that happens, we want you to make the, the victim, the innocent one, feel righteous, feel whole, make them whole. But the perpetrator, we want you to make them feel sorrow. We want you to fe- make them feel shame and guilt until they, until they seek healing. It's powerful. Solomon, pretty smart guy, actually believed that God <laughs> could make perpetrators really feel sorry. Uh, uh, and, and that would make a huge, huge, huge difference. Uh, and, and that leads to reconciliation uh, where possible or leans towards the trajectory of reconciliation, right? We want to be careful right. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, if, but if the perpetrator is not sorry, 
or if they're blaming the other person or kicking it down the road or saying the typical, well, I'm sorry if you were hurt, right? What is that? Right. <laughs> that that's if worldly you were hurt. sorrow. Okay. Godly sorrow is is man, I hurt you. I need to know more about it. Can you tell me how I hurt you? Because I just desperately want to know. Because I want to fix it if I can. And if I can't, I just I just want to let you know that I'm going to try. It's it's a whole different ballgame. It's a spiritual fruit. Again, we the the boneheaded servant needs to run back to the magnanimous king with empty hands upward and say, "I don't feel sorry. Um, it's okay, God. Make me." Make me see what I did. Make me see the destruction. Make me see how I hurt this person that you love if they're a Christian, right? Um, there's a whole ball game of, of how we repent. Yes, you know, when you were talking about that and you have to be willing to open up your heart to for the Lord to show you um, where you have offended. And when you yeah. said you're going to have to ask the Lord, you know, some people just love to hold on to that uh, unforgiveness or hold on to uh, what they think is right but we have to have the heart of god um in every situation because if you've offended that person um yeah. we we are responsible to at least go and try to make it right you know but i don't want to see my my brain is self-protective again mm -hmm. my my prefrontal cortex goes yeah jesus would want me to do that it sounds like a good thing i can do this you know and my midbrain is going you try you get close to that and i'm triggering and I'm going to go into a fight, flight, <laughs> right. or freeze cycle, mm -hmm. and you're not going to get anything done. You're going to mess this up. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And it's just, it's brain science, right? Mm -hmm. But there are other times when God intervenes and he makes us feel, uh, I'll give you an example. It's in my, it's in our good enough parent class, but um, my, my kid, two older kids were small and uh, you know, they hated going to bed. It was such a fight every, and, and I felt like a failure as a father because they wouldn't, they, they were just so excited about, they wanted, they didn't want to miss anything, but we fought every night. So one night they were in bed and my wife and I were discussing things, if you know what I mean, very loudly. And um, uh, there was this knock on the door and, and I knew it was my kids. And I just felt, uh, first of all, I was angry at what we were talking, discussing. And my kids disobeyed me and I opened, flung the bedroom door open and they must have, I, I don't know what look I had on my face, but it was scary because they took one look at me and they went back to bed. And my human brain went, yes, that's what I, you know, now I've got this. I just haven't been angry enough or whatever. So anyway, two days later, two days later, I'm driving them to school because they missed the stinking bus again. And, uh, and I look back in the back seat and they were quiet. My kids were never quiet when they were together, never, ever quiet. And they weren't looking at me. And all of a sudden the spirit made me feel godly sorrow. I had to stop the car because I just started bawling. I went back into the back seat. I looked in and I said, is there something you need to tell me? Is this about the other night? And they started talking. Dad, we're so sorry. We won't do this again. Blah, blah. I went, no, 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 no. Um, tell me what you felt when I opened up the door. And they told me they were scared of me. And I went, oh, and I just went, oh my gosh. And the weight of that just, 
just washed. I started bawling again. And I said, oh my gosh, kids, I am so sorry for ever making you feel afraid. I did that. That's on me. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. I am so sorry. So, so, so sorry. And thank you for sharing. I love you guys. I love each one of you. And, and anyway, it was, I don't know what else I said, but it was a beautiful time of repentance. My kids remember it. I mean, they're, they're in their 30s now, right? 20s, late 20s and 30s. Uh, they remember that was one of the best things I ever did. And it wasn't me. Uh, I had screwed it up mm-hmm. and God entered the picture again. Well, there was a lot of times where God should have entered the picture because, you know, those things happen on a regular basis <laughs> as a parent and a pastor, like you said, right? right? <laughs> right. Um, but but if, if I knew that more and then I began to explore that more, I actually, I'm not repentant by nature. My brain does not repent. It actually doesn't repent because it wants to protect itself. Mm-hmm. So I actually need the power of God through the Holy Spirit in my inner being. Again, Ephesians 3, 14 and following in order to not only begin to experience the high time with the link and death and love of Christ, but to actually feel sorrow for my sins. Who knew that I needed that that much? But I do. And and by the way, all Christians do. And and by the way, non-Christians, the first repentance to come to faith, it's a miracle. It's an act of mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. They can't do it apart from God's grace, making them aware of their sin and then being sorry for their sins. You can't do it on your own. Our brains won't allow us to. That's so true. And it it just helps you to look at everything and uh, again, not be so condemning Uh, as a church. We shouldn't be so condemning because it's wired in our brain as you've been talking to us that we have to deal with it, you know. Yeah. And if we get that, Tiffany, Mm -hmm. uh, counseling changes is is, is you can look at somebody who's 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 dysregulating because of something their spouse said and go, look, this is not all your fault. This dysregulation, this anger, this spewing out, uh, this hatred towards that person that God loves. Look, it, it, it's not all your fault. It's partly your brain. Let's talk about that and, and just watch them regulate a little bit. Right. <laughs> but in the end, say, OK, listen, if, if your husband's a critic, say if it's a wife you're talking to, the husband was whatever, and they're angry and hateful and despising their husband. It happens. Uh, and say, look, God actually, tell me if you don't believe this, but God loves your husband, right? Your bigger problem, uh, wife, is that you're out of sync with God right now because you hate someone that God despises. And I'm going to say it was perfectly normal from your brain. There's a lot of reasons why. So how do we fix that? Well, I don't have any levers in your midbrain. There, there are none. But I do have levers into this love of God that he feels toward your husband. So we can access that. And in the meantime, stop talking to your husband unless you have to. We're just going to keep asking <laughs> God to give you his love for your husband until yeah. something changes. And, mm-hmm. and let's keep track of that day after day after day. But here's something I want you to pray. I got to give him something. And I want you to pray this twice a day. And don't tell your husband you're doing it. Just just do this, please, between you and God. And let's talk in 10 days. Tiffany, I have had amazing, amazing uh, change of trajectory. Not perfect, but I've seen marriage after marriage uh, spared and improved. Not perfect by any stretch. They they still had issues that had to work through. But you know, you can't Mm -hmm. talk to people when they're dysregulated. They're not listening. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They can't. Mm-mm. It's normal. They can't. Yes. So, yeah, we know how to do better. Uh, uh, you know, we have to, God, we have to depend upon God. 
we uh, and, and we have to give people little baby steps that they can do. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we haven't thought through that. But, you know, sometimes it takes the outward source to be able to help you to realize it better because you're, you yourself is not constantly focusing on it and, and what you know and trying to deal with it. But you have that outside source to help, which is, right. which is like the forgiving path. It's something that actually right. takes you through it and gets Just your focus off of self. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I know from doing this on other occasions on other podcasts, there are people in your listening audience who are all of a sudden are getting this. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they've never heard this. I always get, I've heard, I knew that. I just haven't, haven't been doing it lately. And, and their next question is, so what do I do again? And, and, <laughs> and, and we don't, we want to, we want to make it so easy. I need it easy. I'm a pastor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor Bill, there may be some people listening and I know that there are some people that are listening right yep. now that are struggling. Um, with being able to forgive or even seeking forgiveness for someone or themselves. Would you pray for them right now? Oh my goodness. Sure. Let me do that. Oh God, you're the God of forgiveness. You're the God who forgives. Yes. And, and this person, these persons who hear this and are struggling, maybe they're feeling shame for not being able to forgive or, or feel like they've been wearing a mask or lying to themselves or lying to their families uh, saying they've forgiven and they know they haven't. And they feel like a disappointment to Jesus. Oh God, I pray that you would invade them, make yes, them, Lord. make them want you, make them run back to your hand to get empowered to, forgive with your forgiveness give them love for themselves first and foremost make them feel how much you adore them as they are not as they should be that you're not disappointed in them Uh, raise their eyes up to look at their reflections in your eyes make them feel loved and then do this um, this miracle of, of forgiveness they can't and and that's the fact they just you made their brain so they can't so that's that's on you god so so holy spirit make them uh, want to forgive more, make them uh, feel justice or the justice of Jesus on the cross and, and others. Uh, make all that happen um, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of the families, for the sake of the people that they're to love and, and the people that love them. Um, yeah, that would manifest and, and make people see your love. And that's what we're all about. Make it so in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And listeners, this has been such a great conversation on forgiveness. And I know that you have been blessed. And Pastor Bill has a place where you can go and where listeners can go and enter that forgiving path. And it's basically a non-station journey uh, towards a new kind of forgiveness. So Pastor Bill, if you could tell them a little bit more about how to get to the forgiving path and also how the listeners can reach out to you. All right, this is so simple. So go to www.forgivingpath, P-A-T-H, forgivingpath.com. It's a two plus two and a half maybe hour uh, trek online, any smart device. And by the way, for, for listeners of this podcast, you, and when, you, when you register in the coupon slot, put tasty tidbits, one word, tasty tidbits, and you get a ten dollars uh, off coupon. It's only that would uh, so for nineteen bucks you get to go through this thing, and thousands uh, over a thousand Christians have done it. It's so simple. Um, you'll you'll see what I mean. You'll feel honored and shame free. Um, and look, love to hear how how it results. And by the way, stay with counseling. Uh, if if you're getting counseling, stay there. Keep tracking. This will just make it even better. You will feel loved. You'll feel honored. We'll give you a voice before God. You'll see. Um, everybody has a different experience. Um, 
if you if you want to get in touch with me go to uh bill at gospel-app.app.com bill at gospel-app.com yes thank you pastor bill this has been such a great chat today on uh, forgiveness and listeners you need to go and try it out. I know that you will enjoy it um, because it will help you. And you were saying something earlier, you continue to go to your counseling, but you know, this would be the icing on the cake. This will just solidify it. it. Go in that midbrain and continue to keep adding um, to your health and to your deliverance. And so this is a great part. Um, So go on and it's 10, you say $10 off? Yeah. So it's 19 bucks total. I mean, okay, great, great. So you can't pay for that, that, I mean, ten dollars off. That's and movie saying, and popcorn, where, where right? We are. <laughs> exactly. So we we thank you, listeners, for being on today, and we look forward to having you on another episode. And thank you again, Pastor Bill, for being on My today pleasure. with this valuable information. And until next time, we'll see you. God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.